I, I think it's because it's your interest, you know. It's yeah. something you'd hope that people would pick something that they're interested in. Um, I think it's fun to be with a new group of people that you maybe haven't come across. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed teaching, and I know a lot of people who did like you know healthcare improvement or were in the labs, and they really enjoyed that. And it was something different to do, um, based compared to you know the average you know lectures and seminars and clinical skills. Yeah. And you're in smaller groups, I think. You were in most of the BMSCs run probably between about 8 and 15 students, maybe a maximum of 20. You get to know those students very, very well. You form a really tight bond with your classmates. You also form a really tight bond with the staff teaching you, certainly at my end of the world, so I'm based in the Jackie Wood Cancer Centre. You're listening to The Comfy Medic, a Dreams podcast. A medical student's guide to navigating the complexities of medical school, exploring topics that you want to know so we can help you to feel like a comfy medic. My name is Aaron Fernandez. I am a third-year medical student here at Dundee Medical School and I will be your host. Today we are joined by three fantastic guests. I will let you introduce yourselves. Uh, my name's Caroline. I'm currently a fifth year medical student at Dundee. Um, I did my intercalation in medical education two years ago. Um, I'm also on the Dooms Committee. I'm Kevin McConville. I'm the Associate Dean for Learning and Teaching at the School of Medicine um, and Head of General Practice, but also one of the co-programme leads for the BMSC in medical education. And I'm Gillian Smith. I am the programme lead for the Intercalated BMSC programme in Dundee and I also am one of the leads for the BMSC course in genetics, cancer and personalised medicine. Alright, thank you so much and it's so great to have you here. Uh, Just a roadmap of the episode today. So we're going to look at um, the controversies of doing an intercalated. Is it really a break from medicine? And should I be doing it for uh, my FY application? And if you're an international student or previous degree holder, should I consider intercalating? Just some highlights for the episode following. First topic. Doing a BMSc is a break from medicine. What are our thoughts on that? I think in as much of it is a break in that you're stopping medicine like you're not doing your kind of classic first third year sort of thing it is because you're changing the pace and everything like that but I think when people say it's a break from medicine they mean that it's easier and I wouldn't say it is I think the workload is different but it's still high and and it's not it's definitely not an easy year and there's a lot of work you have to put in and what kind of work would you typically be expected to do I mean, I did a medical education, so I'm coming from the medical education standpoint, but the sort of thing we had to do was essays, and we had to do a teaching portfolio as well, and dissertation being the main thing as well. So a lot of writing um, and no exams. Um, and does that apply for all the intercalated degrees? I think not all of them have no exams, unfortunately, but um, I think in general it applies for all of them. I think it's a much more self-directed year. I think all students, when they start the BMSC year, they look at their timetables and they think they've got so much free time. They have much less formally timetabled than they do as an NBCHB student. But 
they have a lot more self-directed learning around their lectures. The lectures are to give them the basics and we build on that. Particularly when they move into the dissertation phase, then it's all self-directed. So your dissertation and the success of your dissertation is based on what you put into that. So you've got more flexibility, but I agree, it's it's not easier, it's just different. Okay. I'm aware that in the D we get a lot of, um, at the medical school, we get a lot of lectures, tutorials, clinical skills. In, in what way does that differ from an intercalated then? I'd say when you see you've got lots of lectures, etc., that's within NBCHB. And I always relate it to my students with BMSE is, to be honest, what other students and other programs have as the norm. So that you may have one or two lectures per week and one or two tutorials or workshops, but again, it's very much that self-directed approach within it. Um, so a lot, um, uh, as everyone said, a lot of the time looks empty, but that's because the onus is on the student to be doing the work in the background, to be preparing, to be reading. Uh, often in semester two, for many of the BMSEs, it's about delivering the research or delivering other elements of, of the BMSE. So um, as Caroline has said, it, it's a break from clinical medicine a la MBCHB, but it's very much busy uh, and there's still as much work within it. It just looks different. And I think for some of the courses, so the three more sciencey, I guess, courses, so genetics, cancer, personalised medicine, neuropharmacology and behaviour, cardiovascular and diabetes medicine, those courses have a lot of overlap. Um, They all do a lab skills module that runs longitudinally throughout semester one, so they have quite a lot of timetable sessions where they're in the lab trying to learn all these new lab techniques. And for the first time this year, we are developing, based on feedback from our previous students, and we're very grateful for that feedback, a new module called the Core Academic and Research Skills module, and that's to teach all students some really important generic skills. How do you write an essay? Where do you find the best references? Um, How do you critically appraise the literature? So we're bringing all of the BMSC students together as a cohort throughout the year for those more specialised teaching sessions. Okay. And uh, one of the questions that our students tend to have about considering an intercalated degree is... But in terms of skills and career progression, what what would I get out of it? What skills? I think the main thing is academic writing and research. I feel like actually doing a BMSc when I was studying for my finals in June, I actually felt I had the tools to read papers for my studying, which isn't something I would have ever considered in my first to third year. It would have been, you know, textbooks and online resources, but actually saying, you know, the best research is, the best information is from research papers, and I actually have the skills to read that. I think that's really important. And also, especially in fifth year, we have quite a few essays to do this year, and I actually got a lot of practice doing academic writing that those don't feel as daunting tasks for me and also for medical education I got a lot of experience teaching which was really fun and was also you know really useful because it's something I'd like to do later on it's something that most doctors do is teaching and that was that was really useful for me. I think time management skills as well the sort of softer skills but they're really important so I was talking recently for example to one of my BMSc students from last year who's currently in fourth year and she's doing an outblock in Kirkcaldy 
and that's quite self-directed. And she's mixed in with students from Edinburgh and from other universities who are also in Kirkcaldy at the same time. And she said you can absolutely tell the BMSC students. They're more organised, they know how to direct their own learning, they get so much more out of it and from those skills that you perhaps don't realise that you're picking up in the integrated year. Yeah, I guess... From years one to three, I'm only really thinking about, oh, like, what can I get out of it on paper? But it's good that we're talking about this just now on, like, these transferable skills that you would be able to pick up from doing an intercalated degree. Um, the other question that students are really interested to know is, um, is there anything that's sort of, I don't know, fun or enjoyable to do as part of the intercalated? <laughs> yeah. I think it's because it's your interest, you know. It's yeah. something you'd hope that people would pick something that they're interested in. Um, I think it's fun to be with a new group of people that you maybe haven't come across. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoy teaching, and I know a lot of people who did like you know healthcare improvement or were in the labs, and they really enjoyed that. And it was something different to do, um, based compared to you know the average you know lectures and seminars and clinical skills. Yeah. And you're in smaller groups. I think you are in most of the BMSCs run probably between about 8 and 15 students, maybe a maximum of 20. You get to know those students very, very well. You form a really tight bond with your classmates. You also form a really tight bond with the staff teaching you. Certainly at my end of the world, so I'm based in the Jackie Wood Cancer Centre, we have much less formality than you have in medicine. So my BMSC students would call me by my Christian name, which I think is quite an unusual thing (laughs) in medicine. We remind students they're going back to the formality of fourth year when they leave the integrated year, but I think it's quite nice. The students we treat much more as equals rather than sort of lecturers and, and students, and developing that community is a really powerful part, I think, yeah. of the BMSC experience. Um, I know it may sound perhaps geeky, but I don't care. <laughs> Researches can be fun. You know, it's a nice way to explore. It depends on what Carolyn said it obviously needs to be an interest and uh, you know but many of us have come from you know LLs and a science background so it allows you to explore that in depth again within that so actually that can be really fun to learn out new techniques be it lab based or social science based either or within it it's actually quite um, good fun to try them out. Yeah and we have some students so for my own course I have some students that come to me every year because they are future oncologists they, they already know they really like cancer that's what they want to do I would say the majority of students are not those students that already have that well mapped out career trajectory they want to do something that they can see being a benefit to their future clinical training so it's important I think that people realize that you don't have to be that you know card carrying oncologist or neurologist or cardiologist before you take that step into the MSc year everything you learn is going to benefit you going forward yeah I think that's right actually because I had a, a, enough of an interest to apply for medical education but actually my interest in teaching and education grew throughout the year actually um, I've also noticed that some of uh, the current students that are doing their BMSC, they're going out on trips at the moment. Can you tell us a little bit of what that's about and what they get from that? So again, it's a little bit course specific. Um, I think one of the particularly popular courses for travel is International Health, which is just in the process of changing its name to Global Health. And those students, traditionally before COVID interfered with our travel plans, 
the majority of students travelled abroad. They, they benefited from um, links between the University of Malawi, for example, and travelled to other parts of the world as well. And that was a big attractant for students to that course. That obviously stopped during COVID and it is returning, but slowly. And some students are still really keen to travel abroad. Others are embracing the opportunities to do more local research. We have other links, for example, again, the Global Health Programme has very close links with the University of St Andrews. So on a slightly closer to home travel example, they frequently go and do some teaching in St Andrews. And across all the courses, we have students going to conferences throughout Scotland. A small number, but a really important number of students every year who deliver really great research projects have the opportunity to present those at national meetings and very occasionally at international meetings. So we probably have at least half a dozen students each year who will be representing the university and talking about their project work at external meetings. Yeah, well, we have college as well, so somewhere in between, I guess, um, specific more to MedEd, but we link in with um, ASME, the Association for Medical Educators, so um, they run a timely research methods conference every year, um, which was last week kind of in, in October or November. Um, so they students go to that to learn about research methods, but also to understand how uh, uh, educational conferences run. So that, um, and it happens to be usually in London, which is quite nice for the students. Um, as well as going to, um, again, I don't know if that's fun or not, but they go often to Scottish Parliament um, because they do work on policy and practice, so they have to understand how government runs and, and how that influences things. So those are the kind of exciting trips that they can also do within that. So gathering from what you guys have told me, uh, it's not just a degree in itself and like the transferable skills, but from a career progression point of view, there's also the opportunity, like you said, like, to present at conferences and um, and get you know get work published if that's you, if that's part of the dissertation work that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've just published um, actually in BMG Open this week work that one of my BMSC students from two years ago started in her BMSC project year and it's quite a tough task to complete an entire paper for publication within a 10-week project but we're really keen to maintain links with our BMSC students so I still see all my students over multiple years and my student who's just published her work continued in fourth year collecting data, working away in the background, and it's fantastic to see. She's currently on elective in Australia, but it's a great celebration for her as she landed in Melbourne to find out that her paper, where she's first author, has been accepted for publication. That's so marvellous, and I'm sure our students would, you know, would love to see themselves in that situation if um, intercalating in research is something that they're interested in. Another question that our students like to ask is, how do students typically find the transition between intercalating and going into clinical years? So Caroline, you might have a good idea of this. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, it's difficult actually. Um, I think sitting your exams in third year and then it's over a year again until you're uh, like in the in the clinical setting. It is, it is quite difficult, I think, especially going from like uh, you said earlier, our, our, your last semester, at least in med ed, was, there wasn't a lot of in-contact time because you're writing your dissertation, writing your portfolio. Going from that to then going into, you know, often nine to five or nine to four most days, it's quite, it's quite difficult. 
But actually, do you know what? You've got a lot of this stuff. It's in there, you know, and it, it comes back out, and you do know how to do your examinations, and you you do know how to, you do know your knowledge and all that stuff. And also, you're not the only one. There's quite a lot of other people. You know, I don't know the actual statistics, but a lot of the year do intercalate. So then you're you're doing that at the same time as people, and you can feel like you're not alone, and you feel like oh, everyone knows everything, and I don't. Yeah, it's about half the year yeah. intercalate every year. So we take about half the year group out, and then send half the year group back in again. Okay, very good. Second topic, is there a point in intercalating if it doesn't count towards my foundation year application? I would say yes. I think all the transferable skills that we've been talking about will contribute to your future career as a doctor. And we're actually really reassured. We were very concerned as programme leads when we lost the foundation year points because we thought people might want not want to intercalate anymore and we've actually seen no real change in numbers. If anything, the intercalation numbers have increased year on year. So I think that's a bit of a red herring that people are just doing it to get foundation year points. I think as we've been discussing, it's really hard work. It's a great year, but it's hard work. So it's not something you just do to tick that box on your CV. Uh, you're building that from Julian, I think absolutely the transferable skills. For some career trajectories thereafter, FY, it becomes important again in different ways. So, for example, it provides us opportunities for publications, etc. Um, and if you look at some of the pathways, sort of thing, for example, so it doesn't apply to general practice, but for surgery, for example, if you've got publications, then when it comes to applying for surgical routes in the future, that already gives that a step up that ladder. So in that instance, aside from you know the knowledge gained and experience gained from the research, um, you have additional um, marks or additional criteria that help when it comes to applying for a surgical run through training programs, etc. So yeah, um, it, it helps within that. Um, and many, not all, but there are more, I guess, emerging medical schools where um, many do a compulsory BMSC year within it. So therefore it kind of puts you on at least comparable footing with kind of some of your peers from other schools. So that can be helpful to, to argue with as well. Okay. Um, so we were talking about the intercalated degree kind of putting you on equal footing as other universities who have it as a compulsory part of the course. So if I didn't intercalate, would that put me at a disadvantage? Okay, that's a good question. I, I think it... Um, it's not Gallicus, but it all depends. Probably would depend on the career pathway you're looking at a little bit. So, for example, general practice doesn't add anything to the criteria that we look for, so it's not going to impact you on an application for that pathway. Um, and then it doesn't stop students. Um, as we know, there are very keen and motivated students um, that will do parallel research during fourth or fifth year anyway, despite being a BMC or not. Um, so it's just a different way of balancing that workload um, for you. So in that sense, yes, maybe you may lose something in self-direct learning the skills, but it's you know you can still kind of compensate for it in other ways. And the other point that I think is relevant, and I think is a particular strength of our BMSC programme in Dundee, 
we've talked about the relatively small um, class sizes. In other institutions, where intercalation <laughs> is now compulsory, the students join the honours year group of lots of other degree programmes. So they don't have that kind of bespoke small group experience that we offer in Dundee. They do have a lot of choice, but I think, again, anecdotally, the feedback from students that have intercalated in other institutions is they don't feel that they have that, you know, focused experience that we're able to provide in Dundee. And they don't have the areas of special study that we can offer. So I think there's a lot of strengths in having a an optional programme, but one in which students can choose to integrate in an area that really excites them. Third topic. I'm an international student, or a previous degree holder. Should I still consider integrating? I would say yes, but I think that is a discussion that is probably very individual, we are always happy to discuss options. So let me give you one example of a student I've spoken to recently. This is a guy who did biomedical sciences as an undergraduate degree. And I first met him when he came to study our master's programme in cancer biology, which we were running as a postgraduate degree option up until fairly recently. He did really well in that course. And then he decided he was going to do medicine. So he applied to medicine, he got in in Dundee, he had a great time, loved it, came back to see me in third year to say that he now wanted to intercalate because the multiple degrees he had already weren't enough. So he wanted to do the intercalated degree as well. By this point, he was one of the students that really wanted to do oncology. So he wanted to come and do cancer and genetics at the MSc. And I actually talked him out of that because... His past experience was such that we'd already taught him at a very high level and I didn't feel he would get that additional benefit mm. from that integrated year. He decided instead to go and study anatomy and he had a fantastic integrated year. Mm. So I think it's not whether you do it or not, it's what your where your passion lies, where your area of interest lies. I think medical education is a great example. You might have come from a biomedical sciences background, for example, and become really passionate about teaching during your first few years as an MBCHB student. And in that situation, you might really embrace the opportunity to integrate in medical education. So I think there's not an easy yes or no answer to that, but we're always keen to speak to students and try and find the best route for them. Okay. And I think that's really good that you were able to have that conversation yeah. with this particular person because, you know, then, then it doesn't seem like you're just trying to sell it, sell a BMSC left, right, and centre, but actually making sure it's fitted for that applicant. Absolutely. Usually I am doing everything possible to persuade students to come and do my own BMSC, <laughs> but there are sometimes occasions where it's just not really the best choice for them. Yeah, and I think our students would really appreciate like that kind of um, consultation with um, the BMSC leads or um, whoever is responsible for that to make sure that they're making the right choice for themselves and their interest. Um, and how about international students? Do we have any examples? I guess I'm more thinking, so we have international students in different ways. More what comes to mind is we do have a cohort of students that coming across from Hong Kong for an enrichment year. So they are doing their own MBCHB equivalent in Hong Kong, but um, 
because of the construction of their program. I guess they're effectively, although it's not entitled a BMSE, they, they have, a, as it's labelled, an enrichment year. So many of them elect to come to, to us to utilise that BMSE year as that, that process. So I think that seems to work well for them. Um, I think we're always mindful about the educational environment. So, you know, you have, if you're coming in externally, and that can be international or, you know, from the rest of the UK, wherever, you then have to be, make certain that you're being supportive of the student in different ways. There's the, the process and travel through that course and the content on whatever course they're on. But you have to remember, you know, they're also, if you think back to those of kind of, your listeners that started in Dundee from year one onwards, they have to orientate themselves to Dundee and the landscape and the language and everything that goes within that. So there are additional things that we need to support students with in parallel if they're coming in for that, that process. So um, again, like Jenny says, it's about having those discussions with the students rather than um, a yes or no answer just to raise all that and their awareness so that they can try and, and make that decision for themselves, being best informed. I think also we do have, right across the programme, quite a few international students intercalating every year who've come in as international medical students. And then they are joining the BMSC programme on exactly the same terms as our home students. So I have had on my own course and also with oversight from a programme levels, not this year, but last year, the year before, international students joining my own course because they've been our medical students and they've become kind of fully integrated into the Dundee system by the time they're considering integration. So with regards to doing an intercalating, are there any like, barriers that students have, you know, have said that stop them from doing it and what kind of support is usually available for them? Well, I go that. So... I guess for one, it's about time slash expense. Um, whether whether you're self-funded or not, um, depending on where some of your grants come from, some of the um, the education boards will support that extra year. Uh, assuming you've not had any challenges and not had a repeat year in advance, because you can only be Scottish system specifically talks about five plus ones. So you kind of get a six-year grant for educational purposes, but if you've used up that year for a reset, um, then you know you're having to self-fund it. Um, so that doesn't work for them. We also, I mean, Dundee is very um, keen to build on the the vision of, of the University of Dundee. We're always kind of social purpose at its heart. So we have increasing cohorts from wide and access background. Um, and again, it's just that literal expense of you know, whether or not the course is funded. As we, you all know, there's lots of other expenses that go with just kind of cost of living in the background of that. Um, and, you know, I certainly came from that background. And I didn't do BMSE because I couldn't afford to spend another year at university within it. Um, so there's those kind of challenges aside from the, the educational concepts that play into people's decision making within it. Um, like we talked about earlier, I think some students, because they see it as a break in inverted commas, think they can try and balance it with some part-time work to supplement, but they very quickly find that there's still as much to do within it. So so again, it's having those conversations are just kind of flagging that expectation is not quite wholly lined up as maybe what they think. 
I agree, and I think we did a big piece of work as part of the BMSC program team in the last year or so, exploring. And there was a there was a big survey that went out to the current third years who were thinking about intercalating or not, and also current fourth and fifth years who had intercalated or chose not to. And we asked them exactly those questions about their motivations and their reasons for their decision making. And a small number of students did raise financial concerns, but actually more students who chose not to intercalate reported that they hadn't chosen to intercalate either because they already had a first degree, so they perhaps done a biomedical sciences degree before coming into medicine, or because they had a particular career aspiration in mind that didn't align with one of our BMSC courses because obviously we try to be as broad as possible but we have 10 courses and we can't cover every possible clinical specialty. So although some students did raise finance as a concern, we were actually very pleasantly surprised to see that that was quite a minor reason that they put forward for not choosing to intercalate. And I'm sure our listeners would would be really fascinated in hearing more about um, the reasons why people choose to intercalate and not, and that's re- that's really good that you were able to share that feedback that you received. Can I do my BMSC elsewhere? You can, but there's a but. <laughs> Always a but. <laughs> so, if you want to do a BMSC elsewhere, which is a course that we don't offer in Dundee, and that is quite different from any course we offer in Dundee. You can apply to intercalate elsewhere. It's quite a light touch application, but your request has to be approved by the programme leads before you're allowed to apply elsewhere. Every year we do approve a small number of students to apply somewhere else. We'd obviously love to keep you all with us, but some examples of students that have very successfully intercalated externally are students that want to study sports medicine is a common topic, which is very specialist and not something we offer. Some other institutions offer a BMSC option in emergency trauma medicine, and that's not something we offer in Dundee. So we have a small number of students each year wanting to do something like that. If that's your reason and you can justify your choice and you can explain to us why you want to go to a different institution, we will do everything possible to support you. We generally won't allow you to go externally if you want to do medical education, for example, but you just want to do it in a different institution. And we generally don't support the requests that say, I'd quite like a year in London or Manchester (laughs) or Glasgow or wherever else without that justification of what the course is and what it offers. But it is an option. So if I was going to try to convince you that I wanted to do a BMSC elsewhere, um, what should I, you know, what should I be preparing for now to tell you, oh, I really want to do, for example, emergency and trauma in a different union? So what we would actually first look at is whether we would admit you to our own programme. So we would always be looking at your academic record before we start, because If we weren't able to offer you a place on our own course, and as a kind of rule of thumb, we're looking for a pass every year, ideally without resets and ideally a grade C pass or higher through years one, two and three. If you wouldn't qualify for intercalation in Dundee, we might be less keen to send you to a different 
institution. So we would have that level of academic scrutiny anyway. Assuming that that wasn't an issue, we would want to look at the course. Normally, if you were applying to any UK medical school, the courses are of a calibre and a quality that are very similar to our own. So as long as we have that justification that you could explain why that course mattered to you, and it wasn't something we applied and done that we could offer in Dundee, we would normally support that and try to help you to be successful in your application elsewhere. And sometimes that means we have to work to a different timeline. So we have no control over the deadlines for applications for other institutions. So sometimes we do do a lot of work with students that want to apply to a different institution where they need to apply maybe three months earlier than the Dundee students need to apply. So there's quite a lot of flexibility in the system. Actually, the one thing I was going to ask is I've actually had quite a lot of people saying that they're unsure about intercalating because they're scared about the volume of writing and the academic writing. What would you say to them about that? I, I, particularly now uh, and from September 2024 onwards where we've made these changes based on and exactly that feedback and student voice, I would be even less worried. I was never worried before anyway because it's contained within the BMSEs one of the key themes that runs through that anyway is about supporting academic writing because I know it's a different style in comparison to what to, to you've been used to in years one to three. That really should be even less of a worry than it was that it should be what it is well supported. I agree. Um, and I think students don't like change. So I think the first few weeks of the BMSC year for all 10 of the courses the students are a bit nervous, they're doing something different, they've lost that structure that they're used to within medical school, it's all a bit new, it's different teams teaching them different types of assessments, and they all know that there's this terrifying thesis that's going to land at the end of the year, and you don't really know what that is, and you've probably never written in sentences since you left school because you've done all these <laughs> multiple choice exams. And I think, I hope Caroline will agree with me that you will be amazed with what you can achieve. As course leads, as programme leads, we are genuinely amazed every year at the quality of the work that the BMSC students produce. And when we sit at our final exam boards and we're sitting with a little pile of theses and looking at the work of our students, there is absolutely no doubt that you have the ability to achieve this. So it's just providing reassurance. As Dr McConnell says, it's also providing that generic skills training that we've introduced and to just encourage students to have the confidence to go for it. We know you have the ability and it's just time to bed in. I think about now, the students have been with us for a couple of months. They're obviously getting quite stressed again because the exams are coming up now for some of the courses. But they're just now, you can see that they're just settling into the year. They, they've found their new, their new normal. Okay, that is all the time that we have for today. Um, now, at the end of the podcast, I like to do a little bit of call to action or an opportunity for you guys to PR anything that you're involved with or interested in. Um, so here's an opportunity opportunity to do that. Yeah, so I would just say um, to the students, keep an eye out for anything that Dooms are doing. So the uh, university, Dundee University Med Ed Society, we're on Instagram. Uh, we do mockoskis, teaching events um, and loads of things that you can get involved ready for your exams um, and also if you're interested in medical education you can also take up a role next year um, and kind of be more involved with the medical school that way. 
and I guess a particular shout out to the current third year medical students. Many of you will have been to the recent BMSD launch event. We're delighted that the applications for intercalation next year have just opened. You've got till the end of January to think about your application and all of the course leads would be delighted to hear from you. So think about it, take the opportunity to come and talk to course leads, find more about their courses, talk to current students, talk to previous students. If you've got any questions at all about which is the best course for you, come and talk to the programme leads. We're here to help and we're really keen to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd reinforce that. And also thinking about your future or past students, remember to link in with um, your student reps, so they'd be the MSc reps um, or other year reps. Um, all those add voice and bring it back to the staff student liaison committee um, so that we get a good sense of what's going on within BMSEs and otherwise so that we can continue to listen to your feedback and make future changes within that that works best for you. All right. Uh, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today, Caroline, Kevin and Jillian. Uh, and thank you listeners for tuning in with us. Uh, I'd really love if you could leave us some feedback and subscribe to this podcast and keep an eye out for our next episode. Alright, bye now.